the uh, saying, ask and you shall receive? Mm-hmm. So I've got this new theory on it, one here. The new theory is, <clears throat> is that we, we only need to ask one time and then let it go. And I figured that out some time ago because I, I, I kept asking, you know, it's like, why aren't I getting the answer for this? So I want the answer. So I got, just kept ask, asking. And Hannah, I finally figured out that that, that's, that that was just screwing up the thing because what you're really telling the universe is, okay, you didn't hear me the first time. Why would that be? Come on. God's cool. God hears us, right? So, okay. You didn't hear me, so I'm going to do it again because I don't trust that you heard me. You see how we can do these mental constructs and, and mess up the whole thing. So, so that's my latest theory on asking and you shall receive. Is just ask one time and give it to God and know that the answer is going to be there. No, I think that's beautiful. I've had very similar conversations with my sister before because she, you know, if we're talking about something going on in our lives and she's like, I'm going to pray every day for the next month, you know, but, and I was like, no, I think if you just say it like one time, you're, you're probably good. Like, that's just, you know, that's our human flesh stuff. Like just being like, we got to really push this through because I'm not really sure if you heard me the first time. Yeah. And isn't it fascinating? Yeah. And we all, yeah. we've all probably done it. We push it through. So we think more is better. But if you really mm-hmm. think about it critically, just for fun, I mean, whatever God is, and we don't, you know, whatever it is, it, light, sound, love, who knows? Or it could even be a guy in a, in a sky with a beard. I don't know. But whatever it is, um, do we really think, if we think about it clearly, Hannah, that um, this entity, this divine consciousness, all, all intelligent, all everywhere, omniscient, would would care if we asked once or 15 times? It doesn't, even, doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, oh, well, you, you really want it, so I'm going to give it. No, that doesn't make sense. I mean, you know what I mean? It doesn't even make sense that that would be that it would work like that. Yeah, maybe that's part of our, you know, our self just thinking like we're going to help him do it or, you know, if we put some effort in, it'll really happen, you know, <laughs> and I think that kind of takes away what faith really is. So, yeah, yeah. Boy, the faith thing, I think, is super strong. I mean, just huge, because when we mm-hmm. come up with these ideas, all my crazy ideas like I do about aging and whatever viruses, if we didn't have faith in what we believe, then we'd always would be double, you know, um, what's the term? We would always be second-guessing ourselves. And then, that's not how we create what we want, right? If we're just saying, well, I don't know if that's true. I don't, well, wait a minute, what's that? You know, I don't know if that's true. People have very different opinions on faith, though. I mean, I've heard people say, like, faith is a crutch, you know. There's, like, those people. So I'm always curious to discuss things like faith and belief with other people who don't think like me. Faith and... So what's your what's your deep-down henna thing on faith? I don't know how someone would get through life without it because I think that there's things that we cannot 
see. And there are always going to be things that we don't completely understand. I don't, I don't think it, the quest is to know everything. So I think to live without faith, I don't, I don't know how anyone does it. Like you, you have, like, I think people that say that may truly deep down have faith in some things, but wouldn't maybe call it faith or maybe be aware that they're doing it. Uh-huh. How about you? Yeah, same. You know, I just, I just know that there's a divine influence in my life, whatever it is, divine spirit, God. And I really believe, Hannah, that, that whatever it is, you know, divine spirit, Holy Spirit, God, um, wants to do everything it can to help me have the better, best life ever. I believe that, and I have faith that that's true, and that gives me a lot of comfort, um, knowing that, you know, Spirit's always trying to help me out. And uh, I think that's why the body heals. That's why we can believe that uh, if we need more abundance in our life, that it's going to come. You know, if we need to find that special person, she, he or she will come. And if we don't have faith that that's the case, I mean, what are we going to do here? Just be bonkers? You know, so that's the way I deal. I just know everything that I want and believe uh, is coming, is coming. So I have, I'm just thinking while you're talking <laughs> for myself and for you, but how would you think then mindset, how would you explain that compared to faith? Because some people might just be like, well, it's your mindset. Like if you just, you know, kind of project a certain energy or direction that would they say that's similar to faith? Oh, would I you see say what that? you're saying. Yeah. I think there's a, sweetie, I think there's a fine line between just believing something, but mm-hmm. how deep does it go? You know, if we just doing affirmations like I am healthy, I am rich, and you know, that kind of thing. And, and if you repeat them, but don't really think about them, don't really feel that at a deep down level when you meditate, wow, do I really think I deserve just that perfect relationship? And if you really get deep down as, down as far as you can go, that's faith. You know, but if it's just a mental construct, you know, like if I pray enough, I'll get a pony and you pray to God for a pony and, you know, it never comes. It's because you never really believed. Does that, that, that make sense to you? I think that's. Yeah, I'm just, this is a good. I think it's a good conversation. So maybe mm-hmm. faith implies some kind of spiritual component and mindset's more of like, will. maybe we would say. It's more or, ego, uh, more mental. In the mental mm-hmm. world, it's always all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. For example, in the mental world, you can say, I deserve it, and before you know it, there's going to be another thought saying, no, you don't. That's the mental world, right? That's physical reality. Nothing exists except in, um, nothing exists except in relation to its opposite, right? So mm-hmm. on the mental world, physical reality, mental, the lower worlds below the spiritual level you can't have anything without its opposite. I mean, you just can't. You know, you can't have poor without rich. The only reason there's poor people is because there's rich, rich people. You know, there's only reason there's love and hate and good and bad and up and down and black and white because they don't exist without the other. So when you're in that mental world, so it's just a mental construct, um, anything's liable to happen. And, you know, we get confused because the mind is just a chat. G-H-P-T thing, you know, it's just a software. 
He doesn't know anything, you know, he just knows, I'm rich, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm healthy, no, you're not. <laughs> that, that's why people are, have such a hard time, because they're, they're in that mental realm. Mm-hmm. But we are not that mind, you know, we are not, we are not that ego. We are cool. We're souls. And we are beyond all of that. So the more times we can spend in this consciousness of saying, well, I'm doing good here. This is great. I'm happy. What am I going to do now? That, you know, just, that's simple. And just keep doing what you want to do. Keep doing what you want to do. Be happy. Don't go into anybody else's reality. That's spiritual. That's that's when you're really becoming spiritual. So, mm-hmm. you know, because you're really having to kind of dance with God saying, I'm here. I don't know exactly what's going on. I'm, I get confused too, but hey, my best shot is I'm just going to be happy, do the best I can, love people. Um, don't, don't steal pieces, people's stuff or punch them in the mouth. You know, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good spiritual path. You know, it'll take you a long way. Take you a long way. Oh, Thomas Seafried's going to come back on. Do you know him? He's really cool. I don't think I do. What What is he known for? Thomas Seafried has been um, researching cancer uh, like nobody else. He's got a whole nonprofit, so there's no pharmaceutical people involved. And mm. we had him on the show about a month ago, and I really liked him. He's a very solid guy. And they have a bunch of uh, very critical thinking docs and scientists that have been looking at this cancer thing for a long time. And they've discovered a lot of stuff that's totally opposite of what, you know, the Cancer Institute, the people with the pink ribbons, and, and all that stuff. Um, and the, the big... The big thing is the entire cancer model, Hannah and ladies and gentlemen, is that they say it's a genetic issue. They, mm-hmm. That's the first place they go. It's a genetic issue. That's why you got it, and you got to kill it. That's their model. That's the cancer model. Pretty simple. you know. Now, they're getting better at all of these... Um, mm-hmm. You know, all these chemos and all that. They say they can pinpoint them and all that. But that's not what cancer is. Cancer is trying to clean up, just like viruses and bacteria, clean up dead stuff. That's what it's trying to do. And if we are so toxic, uh, the cancer will grow and grow and grow until it becomes a tumor. And that's what the tumor is. Um, And it's not genetic. Not genetic. The entire cancer model, according to these people, and I think they know what they're talking about, because every time I mention Seafried, just a few doctors that I know, say, oh yeah, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So isn't that crazy? If this is true, and I, I believe him, because I talk to him, and you can, you know, isn't that interesting? I was thinking about that too. Why do you just believe some people and not other people? Do you ever talk to somebody and you just know that they don't know what they're talking about? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess in the sense that I don't believe anything they're saying, but they believe what they're saying. Oh, yeah, they believe, no, they definitely believe what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what would be this, um, and, and maybe you don't know the answer, maybe you do, but what would be this guy's solution then if you did have a tumor? What is he suggesting we do for that? We haven't talked a lot about um, what they do. We talked mostly about prevention, but his whole model is based on pretty much carnivore, believe it or not, which I didn't even know that they mm. have proven that the overcarbs over create sugar and create issues in the body and create um, damaged tissue that the bar- parasites and viruses and bacteria have to come in and eat up. So it's a lifestyle mm. thing. They, they have pretty much proven that we create cancer cells also by what we think and believe. Mm. You know, there's no that doubt. I've heard. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about that. That's number one. If we worry, mm-hmm. if we're uncomfortable, if we don't think we can do what we want, if we don't like being in a body, if we're just unhappy, if we don't like our job, whatever, right? If we hate people, hate the government, not good. It'll just create damaged tissue and then things come in and try to get rid of the tissue, and then they poop, and then that all that all that stuff have to be cleaned up. You know, that's what we clean up in the blood. Um, so that's his contention, and I think he knows what he's talking about. So we're going to have him on again next next Wednesday. That's exciting. I'm glad we circled back to poop again too. I, like. I know. I know that you're like a pooping kind of girl. You know what can I tell you? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I'm just curious too um, to kind of pick your brain on this. What would be the recommendation if someone does have cancer that maybe would be related to emotional stuff? Like what is the, the cleanse that they do for their emotional, uh, spiritual state? Good question. Uh, there's there's um, many different protocols that people can do. I don't know if you've heard of... Um, um, uh, uh, what's the term? It'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. But, um, um, German new medicine. I see there it came. I just wait, you know, it'll come back in. I can't go. Yeah, I, know it back. <laughs> I just wait and I go, okay. German new medicine. Have you ever heard of that protocol? I'm not, I am not familiar with that. Very cool. Fellow by the name of Dr. Hammer. Um, many years ago, his son uh, through a gun accident killed, got killed. Mm-hmm. And about a month later, Dr. Hammer got testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, what's going on? So he he started to look at that and really think about it. Was this connected? I get goosebumps when I talk about it. And so this guy spent his entire life, massive, connecting trauma with disease. And he would go in and actually look at the brain. He had brain scans, billions of them, and he could see where the brain had inflammation in a certain part of the brain that related to the trauma. And then you could clear out the trauma emotionally. And when you did that, 
the brain, the brain scan went down and the cancer went away. So, so what's he recommending we do to clear out the emotions? Because I'm imagining some people that's going to work, you know, differently for other people. You know, some people aren't going to want to necessarily face those things. Like, how do they suggest we do that? Well, uh, you know, there's lots of different ways. Dr. Massey, recall healing. Um, a German, a German new medicine is is the main way. Um, if if somebody would ask me, I'd like to get to the get to the cause of this cancer. If you can up uplift the trauma, then you can do that. But as mm-hmm. you say, there's a lot of people that don't want to do that because they just don't want to go there because it's too spooky. You know, it could be mm-hmm. you know stuff with a husband or a, a wife or dad or mom or a divorce or bankruptcy, a child being hurt badly or a death of a child. Any of these things um, can create um, uh, the initiation of a terrible thing to the body. And that initiates trauma and it starts a process. And so if we don't clear those out, it just can keep going. And then people can show up with prostate cancer or lung cancer, or breast cancer, um, you know, anytime. It'll just pop up. And the whole German New Medicine Protocol, and we call healing with Dr. Massey, and some other things, the emotion code, there's there's lots of different programs, some better than others. Um, they contend, and I think it's true, that if you can have the courage to dig, dig deep, you know, dig deep and say, what is this, you know, what happened? Anything happened when I was a kid, and and if you keep asking, well, not keep asking, but if you're asking, it'll come up. And then once you see that, wow, my uncle Charlie used to beat me or something like that. This is what caused it all, and now I know that. You can just let that go. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. As simple as knowing that this trauma is what's causing the problem. And once you realize that, that it wasn't just some spooky germ or an accident, as most people think with cancer, an accident. Oh, you just got unlucky, you got cancer. No, it's not true. Um, But once you realize that we created it some way, then you can just let it go. You just say, well, I don't need that because Uncle Charlie, he was dazed and I didn't know what I was doing. I forgive Uncle Charlie. Good riddance, Charlie. I forgive myself for thinking that Uncle, I didn't want to see it, so I buried it. And once you uncover that, uh, things just clear out. They simply mm-hmm. just clear out. Isn't that cool? It is cool. I think it sounds easier than it might oh, actually be. Oh, no, I'm not be. saying it's easy. <laughs> yeah, like if you had abuse or something, you know, as a child, I could see that being really, 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 really difficult to do. But um, not impossible, which is great to know. Uh, what are your thoughts on supporting emotions with um like nutrition, like cleansing and stuff. Do you feel like doing like cleansing juices, stuff like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Because I think it works both ways. You know, they say Mm -hmm. as above, so below. That Mm -hmm. as we cleanse and get rid of some of these loose particles, I like to call them flying around or attaching to our liver or kidney through cleansing and juicing like you're doing and um, saunas. um, All these things help to clear out these emotions and and even yoga. I mean, I've seen, I've had some experience with yoga at three o'clock in the morning where if you're just really quiet, right, 
really quiet, nothing, not a thought, and you just start stretching and moving your neck around. I've seen things from when I was a kid. You can just see it in your consciousness that when you you really get in there and do that, it just pops up. Now, what's that about? Where is that? I mean, it's it's no accident that that pops up. It wasn't everything terrible, but it was just uh, an experience when you're a kid. Maybe at school and the nun gave you a hard time or something like that. So yeah, these these emotions are, are in our body. And that's why yoga is so good and uh, mm-hmm. cleansing and saunas and anything we can do to clear them out. And that helps, that helps, um, it helps the um, spiritual stuff happen more easily because it's not as, um, these, these tension, this tension and um, these engrams, we call them, they're not as, as hard and stuck because we're loosening them up. That makes sense. We're kind of loosening mm-hmm. up with the, with yoga and stuff like that. And um, DMSO does that. Uh, turpentine, you know, turpentine is huge. That's a solvent that will loosen up some of these loose particles. And before you know it, you know, you could be um, seeing them in your meditation. Well, how come I see that now and not before the turpentine? So as above, so below, and as below, so above. Yeah. So keep doing it. Whatever you can do to Keep it moving, baby. <laughs> now, I've seen on your web, you do, you're a yoga girl? You do yoga regularly? Yeah, I'm still a certified um, yoga teacher. Yeah, I haven't, I consider myself an off-the-mat teacher at this point because I haven't taught classes in a long time unless I'm with friends um, and we're just doing it together. But I think a lot of yoga principles apply to our life off the mat. And so it's more of a way of living um, than necessarily just asana, if that makes sense. Yeah. But do you mm-hmm. still do some of that asanas and regular? Oh, yeah. 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 So do I. I've been doing it for years. I just, I think it's so cool, you know, just to be able to stretch and be limber and just keep, you know, just. Yeah. I always try to say it really is yoga is a breathing practice, you know, and it's, I think people think it's about movement and I think it's about breath. Mm-hmm. So before we even move, when I used to teach beginners, we spent a lot of time just breathing because then we then we start to move once we get the breath down, mm-hmm. and then we learn how to stay connected to the breath no matter where our body's positioned. So you were so. trained in the classic kind of uh, classic yoga, what they call classic, yeah. Hatha, it was hatha, hatha yoga. Um, with yeah, but it was Kripalu, yeah. Kripalu, yes. What's that? Uh, that is the, I, I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not butchering this. I believe it is the yoga of um, self-compassion. Oh. So, yeah. Pretty they good. started that up in Massachusetts, I believe. Nothing wrong with that, yeah. self-compassion. Yeah. I was, I was taught by a lady who taught forest yoga. Ever hear of her? Yes, I've heard of forest yoga. Yep. Yeah. Never done it. Yeah. I've heard it, of it. It's yep. really cool. And so she taught me years ago and, um, then you can get these tapes, and so I used to watch those and do some of the weird things. But now I don't. I don't know what I'm doing now. I just get on a mat in the middle of the night usually, and just start stretching anywhere where it feels tight. You know, I just go in there and you know, see if you see if you can get after it. You know. <laughs> well, your body knows how it needs to move and yeah. what it needs to do, um, but most people don't spend any time like checking in. They'll just, you know, do someone else's 
flow. I've done that before too, but it is pretty cool if you just be with your body, your body knows what it what it needs that day. Knows exactly what it doesn't need. Yeah. <laughs> I got these uh, red light therapy. You know about red light therapy? That's pretty fun. Yeah, I have a friend that, that yeah. told me about that. I've got yeah. four of these big red lights you can get at Home Depot and they're all the spectrum of red light. And it's on a board, so I have it in my living room. I flip those babies. They're on all the time. But I put my yoga mat right in front of them, and if I'm up at 2 in the morning, it's really cool to have this red light beaming on you, you know? And, uh, that's so, really cool. So that's kind of fun, you know? Yeah. So now you know why I'm still single, because, if you know, I mean, who would put up with me, all the stuff I do? Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, we just talked about self-compassion. Okay. <laughs> goodness. <laughs> Dear God, send me just the right woman. And God says, well, clean up your act first because you're a little weird. <laughs> okay, so how about for you and everybody else li listening, you're enough just the way you are. <laughs> Thank you very much. I knew you were going to say that. Well, I hoped you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> wasn't there a song like that? Wasn't Billy Joel just the way you are? Yeah, I think so, actually. Yeah, just the way you are. I love you just the way you are. What a sweet song. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is from Ben. Hi, Patrick. We both know contagion exists. Really? A sympathetic vibe carried by many that spreads through two or more experiencing believing the same frequency, shared reality, fear is arguably the most pervasive contagion on the planet, loves there too. Years ago, thought that frequency heals as well as creates discomfort in the process. Look forward to many light cures coming up for us all. Remember that the process program called the Sanctuary, where they had people send in their picture and assess your health through their frequency device, Almost got us before we realized could be a spook operation. Besides, yeah, I would never do that. Besides healing, balancing our energies, what else could be they be doing? Okay, so I'm going to go through this again. We both know contagion exists, right? But what this person, Ben, God love you, is doing mixing, in my opinion, apples and oranges. A sympathetic vibe carried by many that spreads through two or more experiencing believing the same frequency, shared reality. Now the key word is here, believing. If somebody has a bad vibe, right, mm -hmm. and you have a party with them, or you're dating them, or you're living with them, or whatever, and they're spreading this vibe, then you control whether or not you buy into their vibe. So can, that's not contagion. Contagion mm -hmm. is the idea that you're walking around free, happy, and a virus comes in the air, you're at the store, you breathe it in, and you catch something. That's contagion. Mm -hmm. So I understand the vibration thing, but you're, I think you're missing the point that you are soul, you are free, and nothing can get in your aura unless you let it in. You know, we puncture the aura from the inside. We just do. So nobody can come in and, 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 and make us feel a certain way. We are always there feeling the way that we think we should feel. So if we get a little carried away with uh, talking to somebody, we start feeling really sad and all that. They're not making us sad. We have chosen to be sad for them. 
which is okay if you want to do that. But just remember that you're the one letting that in. They can't puncture you. So that's not contagion. So his, was he saying that they would make him unwell no matter what? Or that's, what he's, I, that's what he's alluding to, a sympathetic vibe carried by many that spreads throughout two or more experiencing believing the same frequency. Fear is arguably the most pervasive, pervasive contagion on the planet. Love's there too. Well, fear is there, but it's your choice if you buy into fear, Ben. It's not a contagion. You, you don't get fear just because you're hanging around. Now, if you're in the mental world and you're not thinking clearly or thinking critically and you're just in the mental realm, mental realm, you know, dancing around with fear and COVID and injections and government and back and forth, well, that means you're in their reality. So, yeah, that would be what could lightly be called contagion. But contagion really means that something happens that we don't want and we had nothing to do with. Right. Yeah. So I'm just going to try. I'm not trying to speak for Ben. So you're talking about contagion being an outside influence that has nothing to do with us saying, yes, we want that or no, we don't want that causing illness versus us maybe on some spiritual or metaphysical level agreeing to accepting negative energy that might influence our health. Is that exactly? You got it, girl. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. We got a winner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that made me that I'm sidestepping here a little bit, but that made me think about people who are extremely, um, you know, maybe empathetic or, or sympathetic to other people and how their, um, you know, their health may, if, if that could impact their health, you know, because we take, we might take that on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. I know people like that who are working with Reiki or massage or even acupuncture, and they get all, all wiggled around with their 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 clients, and they they really paid for that. They meant yeah. well, but they didn't understand that you just if you take on other people's stuff, you do. You know, you just do. You know. What do you think that's about? Because I think some people are more prone to do that than others. Like some people can just walk into a room of, of crying, sobbing people and they walk out and they're cool. And then other people walk out and they are like, you know, Eeyore for the rest of their life. So like, what's the difference? Is it just temperament? Is it just personality? I, I, think, it's spirit, it I think it's spiritual growth. Positive? Yeah, I think it's spiritual okay. growth. <laughs> that when we understand that we're a soul and back to our little ongoing conversation, that we do create our reality. And if we don't mm-hmm. buy into someone else's reality, we can have compassion for them. And if they're mm-hmm. crying, we can hug them and listen to them. We can do all of that without getting emotionally in there. It's it's a fine kind of line. But I, you do work with people. I think you understand what we're saying, right? Uh, um, it's a practice for me, I'm not gonna lie. Because no, I, I do tend to- I do too. People that absorbs, like I can feel their, I know how they're feeling before they even open their mouth. I can just sense it. Um, You know, so then you have to really work to keep those boundaries in place, you know, for yourself. That's right. And you, you, I, yeah, I love the way you're saying it. You just, you, you realize that separateness there. It doesn't mean that you don't care about them or that you don't listening, but there's this separateness there 
that you don't have to merge with it. You know what I mean? You don't have to merge. Because once you're in, you're in. You know, until you get yeah. back out again. You know, until you get back out. <laughs> we don't have to become one with it. No. But that, that can be challenging when you're really trying to oh. actively listen and be present for someone. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there's lots of times if um, I meet someone that is starting to really, I don't know, want to kind of get me into their their drama. And people do that. Because they love it if you get in their drama with them, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want to walk away or doc. I can listen to them, but sometimes it's so intense that I'll just um, um, sing "Hue" while I'm listening to them to myself, or I'm just going "Hue" on the internal. So I'm still hearing them, but I'm staying in my, I'm staying solid. And I, another trick is if you look at someone, uh, not in the eyes, but in the third eye, this is pretty fun, where supposedly soul resides, you know, in the pineal mm-hmm. gland right here. That's why the mm-hmm. Indians put their little, little thing there. Mm-hmm. If you look the at them, yeah, yeah, if you look at them there, it's easier to listen to them without um, jumping into their ego. So you look at them right there. You can play with that. That's kind of fun. I'm going to try that on Monday. That's kind of <laughs> You try everything. That's what I like about it. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. That's great. And as far as transference, you know, I've got, I've seen this happen a lot. And you can, I don't know how to get in this, but I think that, I think that our pets know everything that we're thinking. They know everything that we care about. And they, we can drag them into our sickness. I know so many people that have sick animals have written to me, and they're sick too. And um, I know this seems weird, but you know, these dogs and cats and hamsters, they know exactly how we're feeling. They do. So just be careful, you know, What you're thinking about around your, or even out around your cat. <laughs> I, I don't understand how that works exactly, but I kind of know, but I can't explain it. But they're just so in tune with us spiritually and love us so unconditionally that they just want to support us, you know. Oh, if Patrick's mm-hmm. feeling really weird, I'll feel real, weird with him. That'll help him. You know, Dr. Massey talks a lot about that, the recall healing. And sometimes we as souls... We, we take on our parents or our grandparents' uh, trauma because we think that that's the way we're helping them. Yeah. With recall healing, Dr. Massey can dig in there, kind of like German New Medicine, and, and you can get to the point where you go, and they've got a whole process to do this. You can find out that you get to the point you can say, wow, I don't need to do that anymore. You know, look at your cat in the window. I know. Pepper's outside, and we're talking about animals. And I'm like, "Well, hi, kitty, hi, Pepper, hi, Pepper." Um, <laughs> that once you understand that Uncle Charlie doesn't need you to play out his role, because we did it unconsciously, maybe in the womb, maybe when we were kids, that you can let that go. So that's what Dr. Massey works with. That's with recall healing. We tend to do that mm-hmm. a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of fun. 
Because we're always trying to help people we love, right? Yeah, I think I think that um, we do that even subconsciously, especially children do that not knowing, you know. Um, I think they just kind of can sense that their parents might need help. Maybe that was just me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think we all do. Don't you think a little bit? Parents? Yeah. Plus, we always think we know more than the parents. So. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It was so funny. You know, my whole life I've been, you know, just out there on the edge with everything. And my mom always knew I was a little bit crazy, but she really, she just loved me unconditionally, which is just great. I just really appreciate that, you know. And towards the end of her stay here, when she was about 90, she, she started to come around and say, um, she'd ask me things about her health, you know. She'd really ask me, and she never did that, you know, for 90 years. Never, 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 never do that. Hmm. Never did it. But after a while, you know, maybe that crazy kid knows something. I I just don't know how people are able to work through this health stuff if they're just on the internet out you know the internet all the time trying to figure out what's going on it has to be a real a real conundrum huh with all the different this is right this is wrong I just really have compassion for them man hmm yeah, well, distraction is a problem for many aspects of our life, and we're living in an era of high distraction. Like the movie High Anxiety. That's a great one. You ever see that one? That's a good one. I don't know. No, I haven't. <laughs> it was just one of those. I don't feel like I should watch it. No, I, don't, I wouldn't watch that one. <clears throat> oh, another thing I've been thinking about um, that's kind of out there, but I like it, is I got to the point where I'm I'm just now, when I, I'm just keeping it simple as far as talking to my body and just using words. Because I, mm-hmm. I really began to see how these words have meaning, right? These words have meaning. Uh, if you want to boost up your thyroid, you don't have to imagine it boosting up. You just say, I am boosting up my thyroid because the mm-hmm. thyroid knows these words. You've heard of neuro-linguistic programming kind of idea? Uh-huh. Yeah. So when we say words, uh, they have a lot of energy attached to them. You know, So people say, well, I'm 45 years old and I'm getting older. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Your body says, okay, well, I can get older. Sure, whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want, right? <laughs> Because the body knows these words because they all are all vibratory. You know, they're just language that we created and they all come with all kinds of loose particles surrounded by them, right? So this is why I'm starting to really talk to my, and this is helping my sleep. I'm saying, oh, I'm going to sleep. You know, I didn't, I kept, I just kind of let go of the idea of, uh, well, I'm really getting better at sleeping and all that. No, I just, I'm I'm not mincing words anymore. You know, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep better tonight. I just am, because that's what I want. And it's really mm-hmm. working. You see that's the awesome. difference between having it being kind of maybe, could be, 
in the future, right? I'm going to get better sleeping or healing rather than, okay, thyroid, get to it. Mm -hmm. Get Mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. Get to it. Because yeah, words are powerful. Oh, baby, yeah. Oh, man. And we should also think about them when we speak with other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think we do enough. Yeah. We don't choose our words carefully. <laughs> I know, boy. You have three early teenage boys, is that right? Well, 16 and a half, 14 and a half, and 13. So, well, you and your husband really went after it there, girl. Did you have a spurt? What was he on a lot of testosterone, or what's the deal? (laughs) Let's say ex husband, please (laughs) 16 and a half, 14 and a half, and 13. So, my ex husband and I, our children came very close together. They certainly did. They certainly did. That's funny. And you did, you did fine with that, yeah, that quickly, the turnover. No, it was a disaster on my uh, on my body and my mental health. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Really? By the time one came, I was so depleted. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot that happened after the third one that actually led me to dive really deep into holistic things. Oh, uh, interesting. I was struggling so much. Yeah. Interesting. So that was like 16 yeah. years ago, right? Well, like 13 years ago 13 when years the ago. Youngest the last one. Oh, so yeah. you really were having a hard time after the third and postpartum, whatever the names they give to it. You were just not a happy girl, healthy. And you just, what'd you do then? Well, I think I was exhausted, mm-hmm. to be honest. Well, yeah, having three kids in three years, I would say you're exhausted. <laughs> I think, I, you know, I think I was exhausted and I wasn't in a, in a great, you know, supportive situation. And um, yeah, I was just my body, you know, they don't recommend having kids i think back to back to back i think your body needs like a minute (laughs) a minute so yeah i had insomnia and i was having panic attacks and you know it was just my state of mind was very bleak um not postpartum depression with that with that pregnancy after that pregnancy but um i've never had problems like like that before so that started a whole journey interesting all in all yeah. How did, did you eventually shake off the panic attacks just by getting stronger spiritually and healthier and they eventually just went away? Yeah, I think as my spiritual uh, life kind of changed and, you know, eventually was able to get more sleep, I really feel like sleep was the overarching depleting problem. Yeah. <laughs> There's no rest. Yeah. There's not a lot of rest for, you know, a mom of three little kids. So, wow. And I was doing it by myself. So, do you have fun conversations with your kids? Yes, do and that's have? my favorite part of having teenagers is like having conversations I can about imagine life. Imagine what they come home with and, and talk to you about. It. I, can, <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it really is. Like it's it's really fun, and they know how weird I am. So they'll always be like, "Mom, you're so weird," and I was like, "Oh, you're welcome." You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I work on it. Yeah, I, I think I do. That's funny. Do they ever, do they ever like ask you deeper questions about some of your crazy ideas like mine, and you kind of make some headway with them? Do they actually say, "How is that possible?" or or do they just uh, go along? Yeah, I think it 
depends on the on the kid. Like my oldest son is is very much like that. Like he'll get into deep conversations. Um, my middle son sometimes. The youngest one, he's not really like he doesn't really want to dive deep right now. Like he's he he doesn't care if we talk about deeper things right now. Or I'll get like the eye roll. Like really, mom. Like I don't need you to talk to me about that. But yeah, it's fun. It, it's um. I, I always try to leave an open space for them to form their own ideas, but I certainly have, you know, things that I would like them to leave this home with, you know, some, some values and some thoughts that maybe sure. challenge that as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> what fun. We like to color outside the lines here. We oh. talk about that. Yeah. Like always color outside the lines, please. <laughs> so are they uh are they all kind of interested in girls these days? Is that happening for them? My oldest son has had a girlfriend for over a year. Really? Good so, for him. Oh, he's a rascal. Good for him. Yeah. So I always say like I you know, I have four kids. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, she spends a lot of time with us, you know. Right. I yeah. and yeah. Oh, that's, so that's, they like to hang out with me. So. That's, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, somebody just sent me a, a link, and we'll put this on our show page. This is cool, by Dr. Tom Cowan. The title, Only Poisoned Monkey Kidney Cells Grew the Virus. And he's got a whole <laughs> article on the, on the science behind this, and we'll put this there so to Ben, you can read this. He also has a YouTube thing about that. Pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, this whole thing is, I think, so fascinating to me that, man, how can it be possible that the entire medical model is built on all of these false paradigms? I mean, how is that even possible? Man. Trillions of dollars. You think they're going to protect it? Oh, man, they're going to be like a war fought at some point. Do you really think that CNN and Fox is going to talk about there is no virus? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah, We we got an email in about that, and uh, who was it? Um, Oh, this person believes that all of these people who are running with their vaccine stuff are all controlled opposition. Like Kennedy, Big Tree, Rogan, Alex Jones, Clay Clark, The Pillow Guy, David Icke, G. Edward Griffin, sports players, actors, Tucker Carlson, and the so-called truth movement, 98% of them are controlled opposition that they are in the big club. I followed them for over 30 years and they all are um, in the club and believe that there are viruses and germs. So I get, you know, it's hard for me to imagine, dear Hannah, that all of these cool people are really, know that there's no virus and they're just saying it because they're being controlled by someone. You know, that doesn't, I don't know, that doesn't feel right to me. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, none of us, 
necessarily know, but it is, it is hard to think that they're just not like most of the public that just have accepted that and chosen yeah. to help perpetuate those ideas. So maybe it's not like they're like, yeah, we definitely know this isn't true. And now we're going to tell everyone it is. I don't know how many people are in that group. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I have no idea either. You know, I've interviewed a lot of these people, Ike and all Alex Jones, and I thought they were very authentic and real and, you know, it's just hard for me to believe. I and I, I've known Alex Jones for I don't know him well, but I've talked to him a few times in person, and uh, he was on television in 1983 on these um, these little channels, you know, on cable when they had all these access channels, and he was just on there in a t-shirt talking about the same thing he's talking about 30 years ago, right? 30 years later. So I think he's very authentic. He believes all this stuff. And he, he's a patriot, and it's hard for me to imagine that he would just be somebody's paying him money to. Uh, <laughs> I guess we just don't know. We just don't you know. You just don't know. You just don't know. Um, I don't think I want to even dig into this one right now. Um <clears throat> Patrick, I hope you come to Music and Sky in August. Oh, that's a little thing they're having um, with Bear Lando up in the Northwest. They're going to have a big thing mm. in August. You want to go? Let's go. What, what do you do there? Like, I don't what's know. What's going on? I guess it's Music and oh. Sky. You know, just... Uh, Music and sky. You look at the sky and play music. A music festival. Yeah, it's a music festival. Uh, oh, okay. Have you seen Bear? Uh, any of his shows, Bear? Yeah, I, I did. He's fun, isn't he? I think I did not, not too long ago. Yeah. I think I heard listening yeah. to him. Yeah. And he lives up in the Oregon California border, which is just whew, magical. I want Beautiful to go, country. I want to go up there and and um, and. Um, Um, I am Jewish and I immigrated to Israel because I believe in my religion and love my people. I also love the theory of America. Your most recent guest, ooh, Brandon Smith, engaged in overt anti-Semitism and that you tacitly approved, did I? I didn't even know I approved it. Of, of At around 38 minutes in your most recent podcast, with Brandon. I'm disappointed in you and hurt by this. We disagree on so many issues, but I thought we could see ourselves as fellow humans with the love of God's creatures. I feel betrayed by your most recent podcast. If Jews ran the banks and the banking banks in Israel, <clears throat> believe me, if Jews ran the banks and banking, banks in Israel wouldn't be as terrible as they are. Oh, I think Brandon was talking about how, and I think he—I don't even think he mentioned Jewish uh, in the in banking and um, and all that. But I think this person assumed that he was talking about the Jewish faith or religion and the Jewish race. Um, I don't know. I didn't challenge him on it because I didn't think he needed to be challenged on it. I mean, it—it's been well documented forever 
when it goes back to the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and, and all these people, they are of Jewish descent and they do, there are in banking, they do, most bankers, big bankers are, because Jews know how to deal with money, man, they're, they're great, <laughs> they, they know, they don't waste money and they're very good at it and that's why they got into banking. So I don't think it's a detriment to them, I think it's, it's actually a compliment, you know. Jewish people do really well with money because they don't waste it. And a lot of them got into banking because they knew you could make a lot of money being a banker. Um, so, And then Hollywood, I mean, the history is there. Hollywood has been controlled by the Jewish community since um, Errol Flynn days. I mean, it's documented. And um, So I don't, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but it just is what it is. But I, don't, I wouldn't take it personally that we think that they're bad because they're doing that. They're just good business people. That's the way I look at it. You know, I'd be a banker if I knew what I was doing, man. They, bankers are cool. I don't know, cool, but they make a lot of money if, you, if you're in the money. <clears throat> I, tr- I highly enjoy your podcast. You're very open-minded, and I love your guests. I think this telephone call. We got to go soon, but good morning. Who's this? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I tested the phone before they work. Hello? 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 Didn't work. I was excited. Yeah. Try again. Yeah. Try again. Try again. Because I, I tried it with my phone and, and it works. Somehow they couldn't hear me. I'll do it real quick. What are you going to do today, Hannah, baby? I have some coaching to do when I get off um, with you. And I have some work to do as well. Some work from home. You're just such a busy girl. Let's see if this works. Hello? 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 That works. That works. So I don't know what happened now. Let me disconnect this. So you can try 888-663-6386. We have to go soon, but because we have things to do, people to see, places to go, right? What are your plans? Um, I am going to spend lots of time in screenwriting heaven this weekend. I'm all jazzed up about it. I got a lot of new ideas. I got a lot of Good. new ideas. I, I, I discovered, you know, I'm always listening to these YouTube videos on screenwriting, you know. I just listen to a lot of people screenwriters and consultants and I learn a lot take notes and there was this fellow on the other day and he is he has read about he said 65,000 screenplays wow and his job is to hook big name people like he is Russell Crowe and other people he finds screenplays that he thinks would be good for some movie star and he presents it to their agent and said I think so-and-so would be good. This is what he does. 
So he's read a lot of screenplays. And so I'm listening to this, and he goes, and he said, the best screenplay I've ever read is a screenplay called Insomnia. It was a movie with Al Pacino hmm, a couple years ago, three years ago. So I, of course, I, of course, found the screenplay online, the PDF, downloaded to my little tablet thing, and I've, been, I've read it twice. O-M-G. I got so many <laughs> ideas about screenwriting that I never got before, just by reading something. I'm getting goosebumps. Just by reading something really good. Isn't that cool? How spirit yeah. will just give you some insights, you know. So you ask God for guidance, and then you watch a video, and he says, do this, and then you follow the bouncing ball, and you download it, and then you read it, so isn't that fun how we have to participate in the guidance that we get, mm. right? We have to participate. We have to follow, the, bo- follow yeah. the bouncing ball. And uh, mm-hmm. as my teacher says, when we give 110% of our energy, then God kicks in the rest. I've always liked that. 110%. Not 100%. 110%. So that's what I'm going to do. I've got some really interesting ideas that I never thought of for the screenplays that I've written. So I'm going to go through every one of them and start rewriting them again. That's amazing. I know, I know. It's exciting. It's really cool. And I have to be very um, focused and not going on the interweb ever because you know I'll get lost in space if you do that sometimes. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) Not good. Oh, we've all been there. <laughs> I should probably just disconnect my internet, you know, for the weekend. I could do there that. There should be a helpline that we can call if we get, if four hours have gone by and we're still scrolling. <laughs> That's right. That's, we could go to meetings, you know. I, <laughs> I'm an internet alcoholic and, and I've got my four-week coin that I haven't been on <laughs> for four, four weeks. Okay, darling, great having you here. You look great. Have fun. How about your weekend? What do you, What's up for Hannah? I don't know the answer to that yet. Ah. I'm going to get through today and then make decisions about oh. the rest of the weekend. How about that? Now for Hannah. I like it. I like it. Well, thanks for being on the show. It's a pleasure. And you really add a lot to it. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Enjoy your weekend. And everybody out there, enjoy your weekend. Okay, my dear. See you soon. Yeah. Hannah, Hannah Walliser, Patrick Timpone, One Radio Network.com. She's cool, huh? You bet. You bet, baby. So we're going to go now. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for listening and all these great emails. And we'll build back up to phone calls. It's been so long since we had phone calls that uh, nobody even knows we do it do it anymore. But Okay, so we have a great lineup next week. Let me go to the tab and I'll tell you. Really, got some hot tamales here. Dr. Jennifer Daniels on Monday. Ah. Amanda Vollmer on Tuesday. Gerald Pollack on Wednesday. And also Thomas Seafried, the cancer guy, on Wednesday. Wow, so we are we are really rocking and rolling next week. Got a lot of 
a lot of cool things. So uh, join us. Sign up for your, our newsletter on the front page of One Radio Network so you can be alerted for all the shows. If you're watching on BitChute now, our videos, please hit the subscribe button and do that little bell thing and you'll be notified every time we put up a new show, which is every day. And then you can also go to our store or just go to our website, One Radio Network. And if you see some things there that you might want to buy, that's how we support ourselves. Or you can do a donation thing, 10, 20 bucks a month, whichever you can afford, even five, whatever. And that's easy to do. And it just automatically comes out of your little credit card or debit card. And uh, this is what we're moving more towards because we, we don't want to depend as much on product sales. So, any way that you can support us, thanks. And if you anything else you don't need or don't want or you can't or whatever, just uh, spread our website around or our videos or our audios. And that helps just spread the word of what we do. Hope you enjoy what we do. We we love it and um, are grateful that we can um, do what we need to do by doing this with your support. Thank you. I love you all very much. Take care. Thanks to Hannah. And we'll see her next week. And we'll see you on Monday morning with Dr. Jennifer Daniels. Send in your questions over the weekend and we'll get to them. So you take care. I love you all. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.